And we're recording. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So, Strong Calm Live with Aaron Dunn. That's me. And uh, I have a great guest, my friend Caitlin Porterfield. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Hey. <laughs> so, we're podcasting back to back right at you. Uh, Facebook Live family. Hello. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we will tune you out a little bit, but if you want to say hi to Caitlin, ask her a question about communication, community building, or and how that relates to your company. Um, you can, because that's what this podcast is about. It is the Strong Calm Podcast. Calm, C-O-M, the root word for together or in common. And I like to explore the themes of how that root word plays into communication, like marketing, brand, but also interpersonal communication. Community building, it's kind of like a step two, mm-hmm. uh, bringing people together and helping people elevate and accomplish what they want to accomplish. And then uh, how those two things, when you plus them together, build stronger company, whether that's the company that you're building, like a business, or the company that you keep, like a friend. Yeah. So. Big one. Caitlin, how's your day going? It's going pretty good. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, you're a friend of the show. Yeah. Like you have you're a listener. Yeah. So I thanks am. for listening. <laughs> I have a lot of a lot of friends have done the show. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, um, I think we have a lot to cover. Um, so let's just jump right in. But first, as we were like planning for this uh, for for this episode, mm-hmm. uh, chatting back and forth about what topics we might cover and that kind of thing, you had some ideas, which <laughs> yeah. I'm always open to. <laughs> and you were talking about how a lot of people have been asking you about generational change and mm-hmm. how our generation interacts in the workforce and that kind of thing. So yeah. tell me a little bit about that first, because I just think it's like an interesting topic. So I guess what really it was at top of mind, I guess, when we started talking about getting together to do this because um, we at Heritage Land Bank, where I work, mm-hmm. um, have been doing a lot of market research in who our customers are and our potential customers are. And we recently had a, a meeting with a group of people and I asked the question of like, well, millennials in the room, like, how do we reach you guys? Like, how do we're a farm and ranch, you know, mm-hmm. bank? sort of. And um, how do we reach out to you people? Like, even if you didn't grow up in the country or whatever, if you don't necessarily fall right into our little bucket, like, how do we find you? And I had um, everybody but the millennials in the room turn around and look at me and tell me that we needed to uh, invest in something having to do with VR glasses and something having to do with, like, uh, TikTok and YouTube and, uh, well, all the middle school kids right now are doing this. And I just kind of looked at them and, <laughs> but, and it's, it's crazy because it sounds kind of outrageous for those of us who know who we are as millennials or like our age range, you know, because right. like if you're a millennial, you're in the workforce by now, like you're either sure. still, you know, in school or like you're already working or you're like been working for 10 years and you have some yeah. kids like, yeah. All over the place. Or in leadership positions, for or, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so it's just, it's it's been really relevant lately to where people just really have no idea where the millennials are. And they think that we're all still a bunch of like high school kids. And I'm like, guys, we're, we're, your, we're your CPAs. Like, we're your, <laughs> we're your doctors. Like, we're people that are literally making life happen around you. Like, we're the people that you're listening yeah. to. Like, I think that goes into how millennial, the definition has been completely, it, it, 
it has been beaten to death by blogs and articles and think pieces and stuff like that on the internet to the point that millennial has become like a slang term for Mm -hmm. young people absolutely and not an actual generational title yeah and it's so funny to see that kind of stuff happen because like if they bring up VR glasses and stuff that nobody on the planet does. middle school kids. I'm like, oh my gosh. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Like I have, uh, I have four older brothers, but one of my brothers that's 10 years older than me. So I'm 27. He just turned 37. We're both millennials. Right. And he's like, he's been working forever and like works his butt off and like has some kids and like does a great job in the, you know, community, Mm -hmm. whatever. And he's I remember telling him that story like on the way back from, you know, out of town, wherever I was working. And he was like, have you ever put on a pair of VR glasses? I was like, actually, no. He said, yeah, me neither. And neither have my kids. Like what? You know, it was just kind of like and these people, they were trying really hard to help like they were, but they also weren't the people I was talking to. And it was obvious that they didn't. Right. That wasn't what they did for a living to reach out to millennials either. So I was like, no, no, no. You 30-year-old and you 32-year-old, you tell me how to reach out to you yes. guys. Like, yes. Let's talk about it. What did they say? Um, One, the one that was, I guess he was actually, he was 37, was kind of like, well, I'm kind of on the higher end. So I'm kind of more person to person, you know, if I meet you and I trust you and I like you, that kind of thing. And he he's kind of like uh, country-centric, I guess. Like he kind of has the homegrown kind of like mm-hmm. culture, I guess. And then the the younger guy that was a 30-year-old attorney, I guess, out in Fort Worth, he, um, he was kind of like, well, if these people that are with these companies network within my network and I meet them and I they're reputable for that reason, like I'm more likely to engage with them in their company and be more interested. And I think that he said something about, you know, being a part of his community is really what he was trying yeah. to say. And that makes a lot of sense. Like you just have to get inside their bubble and like where they are and just catch someone's attention. And that's all you got to, that's all you really got to do. Yeah. You don't have to put on VR goggles and dance around on TikTok. I guess. Also, how are you going to go find those people and slap goggles on them? Like that's not, <laughs> that's not easy either. I don't, <laughs> but it was just a really funny example that, that we hear a lot. And like for the, the leadership Tyler program, the catalyst 100 mm-hmm. program they have, um, I sat on their little, it was like their, I forget, diversity day or something. And I was with millennial and like all these people were asking me questions about what it's like to be a millennial. And they kind of had similar views. Like, how yeah. old are you guys? Like, you're too old to be a millennial. And I'm like, no, no, yeah. right here in the middle. Like, right. But it's just, it's a funny stereotype that we've kind of hung on to for way too long. Way too long. Yeah. And it, it is funny how like every millennial is a token millennial that has to like speak for every other millennial for mm-hmm. whatever reason, yeah. which is fine. You know, I've been on panels before and yeah. things like that. And I don't mind doing it because it gives you the opportunity to kind of break the, break the, um, the stigma, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know if stigma is the right word, but, uh, break the, you know, what, what people think, yeah. um, uh, the, inaccuracy yeah you know and that's why they're asking the question so yeah props to you boomers uh who yeah. are asking the questions Thanks and trying to, to know yeah 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 um okay so that's a fun chat i think it could be a whole nother podcast but Probably. uh yeah. we got some we got some c's to get into and yeah. uh before we do that um you touched on your background and what you're doing now at uh marketing manager at heritage land bank <laughs> but you are also a college graduate journalism mm-hmm. uh college graduate degree holder from uh, SFA. Yeah. And um, what else should people know about Caitlin Porterfield? 
Uh, well, yes, I graduated from Stephen F. Austin in 2014. Uh, my major was journalism, which was not what I expected when I went in. I actually thought I was going to school for forensics, which, mm. okay, creepy. But that didn't happen. Um, my creative something came out much stronger than my really poor math and science skills. So we figured that out quick. Um, but I majored in journalism, a minor in graphic design, which was a big driving force of me realizing that I liked the creative side of the world that mm -hmm. I had no idea of before, I guess. Um, super into photography. That was another huge reason that I ended up going in that direction. Um, I was really involved in the photography program in high school and had a really fantastic mentor that really was like, you know that this is your thing, right? Like this is, and so um, found that thankfully and moved to Tyler in May of 2014 and found like what I at the time was my dream job, like right out of college, exactly what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, what was that? That was at uh, Renard Group ad agency and Tyler Today Magazine. It's a okay. one company, yeah. two part kind of situation. Mm -hmm. And I had interned back home. I'm from Texarkana. Um, I'd interned for her magazine there over the summer and then also over Christmas break um, and had not before realized that I cared at all about design or publications or anything of that nature. And I fell in love with it. So it's exactly what I looked for when it was time to graduate. And I looked in the, you know, DFW and different areas, but I found my home in Tyler and I've been here since then and loving it. Uh, it's been about five and a half years since then which makes me feel really old, but, um, yeah, so I've been doing that, um, since then. So I worked at Tyler today for about three years and then, um, the opportunity kind of found me and I found it at Heritage Land Bank and yo, who's been on your, your yeah. podcast before. I learned a lot um, about Heritage Land Bank in that you? conversation. I did. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, it is pretty cool. And it's such a different kind of company, um, and it's so I was really looking for something that was about helping people and like a di just a different kind of I was looking for something different. I didn't know what it was, but mm -hmm. um, they're so all about helping their customers and um, doing everything they can for them. So um, that was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're just such good people. And I mean, yo's freaking great. So yeah. <laughs> she totally won me over and we're close friends, obviously. But um so I've been doing that since then, and then um, recently moved up to marketing manager and um, have been doing that. So that's my yeah work life. That's the work life. So that's work life. So besides that, um, especially when I was at Tyler today, uh, the editor there is incredibly involved in the community and just like a, a servant to all, mm -hmm. um, Jennifer Gaston. And she really introduced me to all of these really fantastic nonprofits that we have in town. And we have, I mean, this is like... It's become a cliche phrase because everybody says it, but it's so true that we are such a giving community and everyone in Tyler just wants to give and like help and be there for someone else or a cause or something, which is a pretty, pretty solid problem to have a bunch mm -hmm. of people that want to help. So um, I started finding lots of outlets for um, my creative talents that I could help uh save some of these like nonprofits money, you know, like having to pay an agency or someone to do some things uh, or having to, you know, outsource pretty far to get some stuff done. And it takes longer. Um, but I have done a lot of work with um, American Cancer Society, which I have a huge heart for. And then um, 
I also, once I moved downtown Tyler, um, I got super involved and have continued to be with the Heart of Tyler organization, which I super love. That's a huge passion project for me. Um, and I'm on the board with them now. And then the Tyler Young Professionals is a huge, like, right. I mean, all of my close friends I, I yeah. found there. So, um, and I'm a little bit biased because I've, I was on the board for a couple of years and like rebranded it and like yeah we're gonna get into that cool and you know (laughs) I I felt like I made it you know more cool it was already cool but anyway like our team worked really hard but um yeah been involved in that for a while just rolled off of that so on to the next thing I guess yeah um there's a million other things yeah I know you do a lot of (laughs) stuff you're very very busy and that's why uh I really am excited to have you here because you are a a, a wellspring of knowledge especially especially for our local community um before we get in and break into a little bit more about that like your work with Heart of Tyler Leadership Tyler TYPN all those things Mm -hmm. the list continues um I want to back up a little bit and just we're, we're going to get into communication and talk about something you, you, you said and realized when you're uh, getting into marketing and your creative side. Mm-hmm. Um, because you highlighted something that I think is, you know, it's a, it's a truth about marketing and something that I didn't realize um, until I started kind of doing it. And I was like, oh, this is what I like. Mm -hmm. Because as somebody who is a creative person growing up, I never knew I could do that really for business. Yeah. And marketing is that blend of uh, art and science. Like you have Mm -hmm. this science kind of, you know, forensics type of interest, Mm -hmm. but you're now kind of scratching that science type itch within the marketing profession. Yeah. And um, so I, I just wanted to kind of highlight that, like how marketing does serve, you know, kind of that both, you, you can have your feet in both uh, mm-hmm. at the same time and, you know, really provide business solutions through mm-hmm. creative work. Yeah. Problem solving. Problem solving. is like the big, and it took me forever to figure out how could I go from one extreme over here all the way over to like graphic design and creative and, mm-hmm. you know, journalism. But I think I decided it was like the problem solving aspect of it, but it's such a different creative minds think so much differently than like an analytical mind and we solve problems backwards rather than forwards and it's mm-hmm. just a little bit different so i think that's the the commonality i finally was like oh that makes sense yeah. <laughs> i get it now <laughs> yeah so with w- within marketing and brand you you worked with a lot of different nonprofits and now you're and you're working with a bank um I wanted to know, you know, what excites you about the profession itself and why you've decided to say, like, I'm going to go all in. You're touching on it, you know, uh, here and there. But is it is it the like, I I guess I really want to know like what what really excites you about the, the profession and what are some brands and stuff that that like really say, hey, you know, that they're a. They're an example for you, maybe, yeah. of, of like what strong communication looks like. Yeah. Um, I think that I originally was super excited about the fact that kind of like you said, creative people don't always realize that you can actually make a living out of being a creative person. And um, I got really excited about the aspect of that when I like find my first real job, you know, and mm-hmm. started doing that. Um, and then realizing that being well-rounded as far as like looking at like a resume or like your experience, I guess, like being well-rounded in the things that you can do and things that you can make a living doing. And, you know, like just 
adding more things to your toolbox, your mm-hmm. wheelhouse is super important. And so I think that's when I started realizing that I was solid, like creative, like I could design and, mm-hmm. you know, I could do that. Did I you ever write. consider yourself as an artist? Yeah. Yeah. Even I would, before you got into marketing? Yes. I think that before before I even touched anything having to do with marketing, I was, and I still define myself, I guess, as a graphic designer. I think that's how my brain works. And every time I do any sort of project, that's what I go to. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't, I don't lay out documents for work, like in word, like I probably should. And my boss is like, Caitlin, but I do it in InDesign because that's how my brain works and that's how my, I function. And, you know, mm-hmm. so I still define myself as an artist straight up. So, um, but the marketing part of it, I, I realized that marketing can be a million different things. And especially if you're talking about it as a profession, like there can be 10 different marketers in the room and they do literally 10 completely different things. Very true. And the other ones don't know how to do the stuff the other ones are doing. Exactly. And it's, but they're all like great marketers, but just in their own little way. Right. Um, yeah, because if you asked me to open up InDesign right now, I would cry. Like, yeah, I, I mean, like, I wouldn't even know how to do half this stuff. Like, I walked in here and I was like, this is fancy. Like, what is all this? Like, right. this is a whole different kind of ball game. But um, I think that figuring out that I really needed to round out those skills and that, like, solid, I can write, I can design, I can do all that kind of stuff. But I really don't know how to do all the the market part of it like Mm -hmm. who are these people how do we find them like how do we reach them how do Mm -hmm. you make them care Mm -hmm. that part of it and especially like the something that's becoming a lot more obvious in my current role also is like the emotional connection with people that are potential customers and um that's a huge emphasis that we're finding now that i love and i'm like oh my god yeah like i can let me figure out how to make these people care and how to make them understand that we care about Mm -hmm. what they're trying to do and find that connection there. So it's, I guess the exciting part is there's so many different parts of it. There's so many different hidden aspects of marketing that you just kind of have to find it. And there's a lot of stuff that I'm really bad at, like the analytical side of it and the data side, I am so awful at, but I'm really, I I try hard to figure it out because it's all part of the science behind it. Exactly. And you need that to make the rest of it work. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. I, yeah, there's, when I, uh, I recently spoke to students at UT Tyler for the career success conference Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I, I wanted to talk to marketers in the room and I put, you know, marketing in the center and then I started adding like things, you know, aspects of it, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, of the profession, graphic design, photography, uh, podcasting, social media, uh, print, you know, all, you know, you video, you know, there's so mm-hmm. many things that come off and, and it, you, you start to realize like how important it is to, you know, really find yourself in, in one or two of those lanes mm-hmm. and, and help people with those, you know, specifics, mm-hmm. but it's increasingly important to be aware of, you know, the others and have, you yeah. know, be a little dangerous at the, mm-hmm. at everything else. And it's a constant kind of juggling yeah. of, of all of it because like, I'm not a very good photographer, but I have to take photos at, at work, you know, and like yeah. people trust you with that tool yeah. and they trust, you're like, Oh, you're good at photography. Great. you must be awesome at social media and, mm-hmm. you know, analytical research and you know, <laughs> demographics, the, all that kind of stuff. That's the dangerous part. It's like, people think that you know how to do all the things because yeah. you know like three things and right. you're like, hey, I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, it, 
but uh, to me, that's a that's a fun aspect of it. It's always fun to learn something more, um, oh, yeah. and and know where your strengths are. And I, you know, to me, it's I always try to be clear on like, hey, my expertise is X, Y, Z. You know, yeah, like like I. I know podcasting. I know some social media stuff for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not the best graphic designer, but I can I can finagle some things. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Make it work. Yeah, I can mm-hmm. make it work. Right. Um, getting really into the in the in the weeds with communication and and that kind of thing. I I want to talk to you about content creation mm-hmm. and content marketing itself. Um, do you find yourself in the content game right now? Like like how does how do you think about content today in 2019 as we record this? But uh, it'll be 2020 when this this episode comes out. So, mm-hmm. like, what do you think about content creation and and how it works for businesses and individuals today? I think that content is such a. I mean, obviously, it's everything. It's all the things. Mm-hmm. But um, it's such a broad and ever changing animal. Um, I think that as far as companies are considered, um, I think that it's important for them to continue to, yes, look toward the future and always do something new and fresh and whatever. Um, but at the same time, don't forget that there are certain truths with like whoever your customer base is or whoever your whoever your people are mm-hmm. that are still going to ring true, like no matter what, because that's who your people are. As long as you know marketing hello as long as you know who your your audience is and you can just speak to the things that they you know that is important to them mm-hmm. um i'm doing a lot of content creation right now just kind of as of recent especially for heritage mm-hmm. um i'm doing a lot of social media content creation right now which is something i haven't done in a long time um but we're just kind of like looking we're reevaluating all the things that we're doing and seeing like we're kind of just testing things i guess here Mm -hmm. and there but um it's really interesting the different items that the people that within our association are like this is a great idea and then you put it out there and maybe it's not quite as successful as you think it should be and Mm -hmm. then i'll come up with some fluff item that's like and forgive me, but like backstrap recipes or something like that. Cause I mean, like we got a bunch of hunters, you know, that are our customers. So, yeah. and it, it like goes off the goes charts. Bananas, yeah. yeah. And it's like, Oh, okay. Well we see what you people care about, but, um, it's That's just, a fascinating thing. I love that. It's interesting. It's, it's so strange and interesting, but I mean, I'm sure that everybody feels that same kind of like, what the heck with their content? And I mean, like as a designer, half the time when, when I was working with the agency, I know that half the time, if I gave them three things, they'd pick the one that I liked the least. And I'm like, well, all right. You know? And I think it's, it's, it's a total toss up. I mean, as far as creating things and seeing how it how it goes yeah. out there in the world. Yeah, so much of uh, communication, especially online, you know, it, we the, there there is no. We're talking about the tools of the marketing trade, right? And there's no lack of those tools, mm-hmm. you know. But all of them, all of them, uh, depend on how much you listen. Yeah, like listening is actually the biggest part of a marketer's job, mm-hmm. essentially, and getting to know who those people are. When mm-hmm. I first started at uh, the company I work with, now at PDQ, I didn't know anything about trucking, mm-hmm. and I had to like get on the phone, start talking to truckers. Mm-hmm. I had to like start reading and and yeah. learning and like, learn their language. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it's 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 such a, a fascinating thing to learn 
and figure out what people are passionate about. I think mm-hmm. it always comes down to that, you know, what what are those core beliefs, those values, and yeah. um, obviously uh, for farmers and, and, and ranchers that mm-hmm. need lending, it's it's all about backstraps. So. I mean, yeah, it, that's what's so funny is like, um, I know my brothers, whenever I was um, going from, you know, working at this agency and magazine, and I went to all of the super cool events that we have in Tyler that you like, you have to get dressed up for like dress right. and heels and every day for work, you know, dress nice, because there's no telling where you're going to go, where you're gonna have to be and whatever. And then I started working at the land bank, which I adore and it's Mm -hmm. been so much fun but I mean I wear jeans pretty often like really often and boots and like just whatever is like semi-comfortable but also professional so that I can go and do my job and go out to we have branches out in you know super deep east Texas and sometimes we're I remember like the first event that I went to was a ribbon cutting and I wore a dress and heels and our loan officer was like how are you going to get up in my truck (laughs) <laughs> wearing that like we're we're going out to like dirt road dirt yeah. road area and it was not but the difference is just so yeah interesting and like learning how to create content for a whole new whole new world of people right was a, a really it's been a cool experience yeah yeah that that's I, I love the that you're touching on you know it's it's also about the culture mm-hmm. and i you know you you kind of have to match what's yeah. what's happening you know or, or what, what other people do it, down to the dress you know and yeah of course different companies are going to have dress codes and stuff like that but you know i there there's a um poor uh, uh like i if anybody needs like a graphic design job and uh you might want to go talk to uh who are cavenders oh, I, yeah. i've seen like a job posting for them for like the last year and a half they need somebody over uh-huh. there like for like social media or something uh-huh. like that but you know i don't know anything about that lifestyle right yeah and they need somebody yeah. within that li- lives breathes and understands that lifestyle or they, they know. won't They'll sniff you out exactly they know that you're a phony like exactly if you are. yeah exactly so it's perfect for somebody out there mm-hmm. you know but it's going to be extremely hard because you can't fake it right yeah you really have to find you know where you um can can live comfortably Mm -hmm. and it kind of goes to that community aspect too Mm -hmm. i I think that part is really fascinating in it um that just kind of diving into the culture and 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 being living with people yeah you know um Content creation. Uh, but let's talk about, now I want to talk about content curation because mm-hmm. I want to give you props uh, on your Instagram. You're oh. prolific on uh, your Instagram stories in terms of like <laughs> always, you know, just sharing different like memes and things that mm-hmm. like that, that you find mm-hmm. and they're always well designed. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think that that's, that's a cool thing that is a art and science in itself. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, a lot of brands could learn from someone like you in how you um, find those things. Now, this is on your personal page, yeah. right? But yeah. at the same time, you have a certain aesthetic, I think, that you're looking for. And mm-hmm. I'll give you a chance to correct me. But uh, <laughs> uh, just like setting it up is, you know, you have a certain aesthetic, you have a certain message, you have a certain and, and it's definitely consistent. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to ask you like about that mm-hmm. and like what, what what's the motivation and what is the aesthetic? What is the, you know, what are those things that you're looking for when you're curating that type of stuff? Yeah, um, that's really funny. I wasn't ready for that. Um, I I love good design 
And I've even, I mean, friends have made fun of me because like if I go buy a bottle of wine, I don't really know what I want. I'll get the one that has the best label because even if the wine sucks, the designer worked really hard. <laughs> like they did their job. So right. I'm going to support them. Um, and then, you know, if it's not good, then we'll figure it out. But yeah, um, but yeah I'm a huge fan of good design. And um, I also am a huge fan of a lot of stuff that I share is positive in general or if it's a lot of times it's just funny and I'm like this is a funny like this is what I'm thinking in my head you know right let's throw it out there but I love people's reactions to things I get a lot of reactions to my stories on Instagram and and I've never I've honestly never really thought about this until right now so this is funny but um but yeah I definitely only put stuff that I think is like well put together or you know good content I guess on Mm -hmm. there because and my Instagram is public and it's professional enough that it can be because I never want to I never want there to be anything out there that is like unprofessional or not like true to who I am or or that you know like my employer like my family would be like oh my gosh don't why would you do that you know because that's just not I don't want to be the person sorry but um yeah I like good design yeah. and I like to put it out there and I like to share it with other people and especially the stuff that's like positivity and good design. It's all the good stuff. And yeah. so, and people, I'll see other people like sharing it on theirs or they'll post it on their Facebook and I'm like, yeah, I'll just keep it rolling. Like mm-hmm. people need that stuff, you know, throughout the day and everyone's like sitting at work and like takes a break and gets on Instagram and hangs out on there for a while. And I mean, it's good to have some good stuff on there instead of all the awful stuff that people are throwing on Facebook and Boy. elsewhere yeah, that yeah. I just scroll past. I'm like, goodbye. Right. We're not dealing with your negative stuff today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's always good to put more positivity in the world. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I think that you have an eye, of course, for design. And it's just another thing that like is interesting because kind of goes back to you never know what's going to resonate or impact with people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've talked about this with uh, my friend Jared over at Truvine uh, Mm -hmm. about like memes and things and and how like memes can be a like a positive. It's so funny. Like you can work really hard on a design or you can work really hard on a piece of media and it falls flat. Yeah. Or you can share a meme that looks, you know, really like janky yeah and everybody will love it you yeah. know share it all that it kind of stuff it yeah. because it resonates it's it's the mm-hmm. message actually that that's behind it mm-hmm. and then you know it's but to curate a aesthetic and you know represent you're you're representing yourself in, in a lot of ways mm-hmm. by sharing the the design and you know mm-hmm. the the stuff that kind of gets that catches your eye mm-hmm. matches you know what you think good design is yeah um and it that just goes to show like how powerful social media and what a lot of this podcast is about is empowering and uh giving examples of people who are utilizing their online presence Mm -hmm. as a professional um networking opportunity Mm -hmm. resume portfolio personal brand personal brand exactly yeah exactly and like I, i just read uh Seth Godin is a uh, prolific writer and on Instagram he'll he'll put out like mini blogs and he mm-hmm. put out one called uh like why does anybody need a resume? Yeah. And I loved it because mm-hmm. it's just so like I if 
it, you don't need a resume. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've got, I put information out all the time and mm-hmm. I, anybody else can, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's not just about me. It's just like, like I, the first thing that I'm going to do when I am interested in hiring somebody or learning more about them, I'm going to figure out who they are on mm-hmm. their socials. Mm-hmm. And it goes a long way because if you can present yourself in a positive you know, uplifting, Mm -hmm. well-designed, curated manner, especially if you're doing creative work, Mm -hmm. well, you know, sky's the limit of what's possible for what you can do for any other business that you go to. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to give you kudos too. Hey, thanks. Yeah, not a problem. (laughs) What's your Instagram for people? It is Kate Porterfield, Uh K-A-I-T Porterfield. Okay. Followers. She needs followers. (laughs) Daniel Anderson on Facebook Live. Caitlin's saying all these nice things about other people, but we all know that she's the nice one and everything she touches turns to gold. Oh gosh. Dang. Thanks friend. (laughs) (laughs) That's sweet. That's a great compliment. That's a great compliment. Thanks for watching everybody on uh, StrongCom podcast live on my Facebook page. If you could go to strongmy.com slash subscribe and subscribe so you don't miss when this episode uh, goes live in 2020. Uh, moving right along, we're going to talk about community now, and awesome. uh, you're definitely a, a person to talk to, learn more about, um, specifically for the East Texas area. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're plugged in, you're plugged in, and you've only been here for like five years. Yeah. So a lot of people say that Tyler and I didn't anticipate me answering uh, asking this or bringing this up, but a lot of people anticipate like like view Tyler as a bubble mm-hmm. that's really hard to pierce mm-hmm. and you know your your time at Tyler today like you mentioned kind of gave you that door yeah in a lot of ways to open doors to to network with you know the people who are making things happen mm-hmm. um so I just kind of want to ask real quick like if you were uh if, if somebody just moved in mm-hmm. and they were looking to kind of connect and you know make a home here mm-hmm. how would how would you advise somebody to do that so I guess my best piece of advice would be to find, even if it's just one person or if it's one community, and especially at our age, I like to say, you know, go to TYPN and go meet some people, the Tyler Young Professionals Network, Mm -hmm. Um, just because that was a really fantastic outlet for me and for several, almost all of my super close friends um, to meet people, and some have found jobs because of it, and the sky's the limit, but I think that When I first moved to Tyler, I knew one person who I'd gone to college with and she was a sorority sister of mine. And I even like slept on her couch for two weeks while my apartment was getting ready, like so I could go ahead and start working. And she had a a dinner with a bunch of people that she knew that were like new people, people who'd been here for a while, whatever. And we all met and we all became, you know, friends. And then some of us kind of like branched out. And I think that it it can really truly start with like one person that mm-hmm. you form a connection with and become friends with and it can be that easy. Um, I think that a lot of the people that I ended up meeting outside of like my TYPN, you know, lineage, I guess, mm-hmm. came from that one friend that like was awesome and knew me and knew the kind of people that I would vibe with and introduced me to Um But as far as like really piercing into the community and I know so many people are, they want to get here and they want to get involved and they want to give back and be part of that part of the community. Not just like, not just find some friends, like find some people to hang out with, but something to do and Mm -hmm. be a part of. A cause maybe. Yeah. A cause, like a bigger thing. And, um, I would say the easiest way to do that is to either 
find like the director of that whatever cause it may be. Um, I mean, I've had some friends that like not friends, I guess, but new people that move to the area. They're like, what do I do? And I'm just like, well, what do you care about? Like, what do you have a heart for? What is something that you're going to wake up early and go show up for because you want to? And whatever that may be, find that person that wherever their office is or that organization or that volunteer, whoever it is, like find someone there and like be diligent about saying, hey, I really want to be a part of this and then just show up. I mean, half the time is just showing up and giving somebody the chance to be part of something and they'll show out like they'll do a great job. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that just not being afraid to make those connections and not being afraid to put yourself out there, too, because that's really hard. Like our own insecurity is really hard to get past and then you think it's everyone else around you but it's really just if you're not talking to anybody they're not going to talk to you you know they're not going to engage back if you don't engage so mm-hmm. um it's a lot of different things i guess it's not yeah. just one piece of advice but um yeah i think it's great though it's definitely great places to start knowing the people and then also knowing what you're what kind of impact you want to make yeah and um yeah i think that's awesome um it just kind of came to mind. I don't know why. Yeah. For that person out there listening. Yeah. That's what. It, that's why it came to mind. <laughs> um, so, um, let's talk about let's talk about networking. You're mm-hmm. a networked. You're a networker. Yeah. Um, you're plugged in in a lot of mm-hmm. ways, and you know, a lot of times, uh, you you still don't know everybody. No. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, I I'm trying to think of I'm like thinking on my feet here exactly how to tackle this because so let me let me ask you this how did you get involved with TYPM let's talk about that let's talk about TYPM yeah how you got in mm-hmm. and then over time you mentioned already spoiler alert that you kind of took charge and uh, were instrumental in the rebranding of the organization mm-hmm. so tell me a little bit about TYPM and and how that happened. Yeah. So when I moved here, um, I actually, I met another random friend when I was looking for apartments. Um, and she and I, she, uh, doesn't live here anymore, but she was an engineer and which is very different from me as a graphic designer being like, hi, I do art. (laughs) And she's like, I'm an engineer, but she, I guess found TYPN on Facebook, so social media of some sort, which, um, TYPN's always been solid about their social media. Mm -hmm. So like, that's great. Um, but she invited me to go to a luncheon with her and this is right when I moved here. So 2014 and I went and it was the beginning of the luncheon when everybody introduces themselves and, you know, the president was really nice. And I remember thinking like, that's a really nice person. And like, and now like we're friends now, but, um, I remember everyone in the room was pretty much like in suits or business, like very business attire, mm-hmm. corporate attire, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of, but not, I just felt a little different. And everybody in the room were either attorneys, CPAs or engineers or something. And I stood up and I was like, I'm the production coordinator for a magazine and ad agency. And I do graphic design. And I just, I felt so weird. Um, it was, it was very different. So I didn't go back for just a little bit. Um, but I met some more people. And again, like my friend that I had that introduced me to a bunch of other people, um, a couple of us wanted to try again, I guess. And I was like, I've only gone once. I felt kind of weird, but I was brand new. So let's try again. So we went back and it had completely changed. And I think that it was the, that the leadership of that person that was there at the time too, um, realized that we needed more, 
diversity in the, in the group in general. And um, there were all different kinds of career paths that were in the organization at that point. So at that point, and that was probably like a year later, I was like, okay, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Like, let's, this is a really cool organization. They have a good mission. Um, Connect, Grow, Lead is like their tagline. And I really appreciated the emphasis that they put on networking, but also not just like to make sales kind of networking, which can be misconstrued sometimes, but Mm -hmm. just getting to know people. And I think the thing that sold me that someone said, and I've repeated since I've been involved is um, getting to know people that are in the same stage of life that you are, which is can be very hard to walk into a huge group of people like anywhere and pick out who's in the same stage of life that you are and that they'll I mean, how do you do that? Like, you right, can't. That's, a, that's, a, that's a hard qu- first question. That's like, a, so uh, what, what stage, stage of life, life are you in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you doing with your life right now? Um, but just people that are like on the same page, it's so right. refreshing when you haven't yet found that. And a lot of these people are like, they just moved here from wherever and whatever they were doing, working or school or whatever. Um, and they're looking for those people. And that's, I mean, that's where I was. And then here we are. So yeah. Got involved that way. Um, I was on their marketing committee for a long time, and I had I had become friends with some of the people that were, you know, making their way through the board and like through the leadership structure there. And um, I guess it was two years ago. I forget what year it was exactly. Twenty eighteen. Um, I was nominated into presidency kind of randomly. I had not yet been on the board, um, but we just had a lot of, there were a lot of changes that were going on. And so they were like, Caitlin. And I was like, what, (laughs) who? No, no, no. (laughs) So um, I took it and I was like, let's do this. We uh, pretty quickly expanded the board because we only had three people and we changed it to a a larger group of people to include the committee leaders because they had a big job too. Um, and it's hard to vote on things with just three people. So we were like, we need more idea. We need more brains mm-hmm. in the in the pot here. Um, so we did that. And I kind of just walked into it as like, I've been on the marketing committee for a long time, but I've not been in leadership. So I kind of, I walked into it very like, guys, whatever the group thinks we need to do, like whatever is the greater good for this organization and for whatever our mission is, like, let's get it. Like, let's do it. And I had a lot of feedback about the brand of the organization. And also suddenly I was the face of the organization in the community. And I was hearing the, the perception of our organization in the community much more clearly and loudly than I had before, mm-hmm. which was n- positive, but there were some cons- not concerns. I don't even know what to, some people thought that we were just a bunch of young kids like drinking and hanging out, Yeah, <laughs> which is like really frustrating because right. we're young professionals like, hello. Yeah. But, um, and it wasn't true. I mean, they, it's just like, it was a, no, there's hardworking people in TYPM. Yeah. For sure. A ton of great people and always have been. And mm-hmm. it, it was just a matter of people not knowing and, you know, maybe not putting those things out there enough to show we weren't showing off maybe i don't know yeah. or maybe they just weren't looking closely enough yeah. so um i talked a lot with um our board and with like uh membership and we talked about the importance of possibly rebranding which was very scary and i felt like i was gonna get my head chopped off but i felt like it was the time to do it and we'd been around for 10 years at that point and it was generally positively received the idea mm-hmm. of it and i was like all right well I designed a logo for us two years ago just for funsies. So does anybody want to look at it and see what we think? And so we ended up 
rebranding um, at the beginning of that next year. And um, it went really well. And I think that um, we just kind of evolved um, from what we were before. And I think that it matched the it served the membership well for what we were at that time because it was very different than what it was 10 years ago and um, within those that decade, I guess. Mm -hmm. So we kind of just played off the we've been here for a a decade and we're going to like get up with the new aged stuff. I don't know, like we're going to be new now. You know, you, you, you come to that that point where it, it everybody kind of looks around and says, you know what, we need like fresh, fresh ideas, fresh blood, yeah. fresh t- excitement, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, and break the mold mm-hmm. that uh, that has kind of grown um, over time. Yeah, you know, so ten years is definitely a, a time to do that. Yeah, well, in the the because a lot happens in had, ten years too. Yeah, I mean, we started in oh six oh seven, and so the the brand that we had was very accurate, very good for the timeline that it was within, but mm-hmm. it started to get really hard to design and to market using lime green and black. Like it just didn't, that was what our colors were before, yeah. which is like vibrant and cool. And we're super cool in that timeline, yeah. but it just wasn't the thing anymore. And I think that again, we had just, our group had evolved a lot and changed uh, who we were. So it was kind of time and yeah, I'm pretty proud of it. You I, should be, you should I'm be, like, it's good. It was a reluctant change, but I was a little nervous about it. But um, I think it turned out well for the overall. Yeah, for the better. Um, I want to put you on the spot when because we've kind of talked uh, about it. But think of the person that's listening that might be looking to rebrand if it's personal or their small small business, or maybe it's uh, you know a, a client, you know a, a client, or it, maybe it's not them. It's it's a a designer or mm-hmm. a, a marketer that's working on a rebrand. Mm-hmm. What do you think? One or two things, three things, ten things, whatever is uh, important to consider in that time. If you were to give some practical kind of steps, yeah. If if it's a decision that's been made, like we need a rebrand. This needs to happen, you mm-hmm. know, for whatever reason. If that's the yeah, so get buy in. Yeah, like make sure that it's a it's a necessary thing. It's not just like a hmm, we're tired of this kind of because strong strong brands stay consistent like for a long time. Like think of some of your favorite brands. They Apple not hasn't changed. changed his logo. Has not They're changed. Cha- Coca Cola. Nope. Microsoft. Yeah, for a long time. Long long time. Like and and they may up update a little bit here and right. there, but um, a strong brand doesn't need to rebrand. It doesn't need to. A rebrand really is from, for larger companies, I know sometimes like if they have new ownership and they need to like prove something to mm-hmm. say like we're different now, that's a big reason to rebrand. Um, if it's just a new decade and it's like we need to get with the times kind mm-hmm. of thing, like that's a good reason for it. I'd say that using a really, having a good reason behind it and then maybe even using like at January 1 is when we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, not don't just do it on a Tuesday in November because you want to. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that it's smart to use your time to your advantage um, so it doesn't just look like a random choice that you made. And then also have everything that you might possibly need prepared before you flip the switch. Like, don't just change your logo and then start changing all your collateral, like all your colors and your material and your fonts. And like, don't, it can't just be a gradual progression. That's just really not Mm -hmm. the best way to do it, I would have to say. But um, 
definitely like be ready to flip a switch and like night and day you're a new brand because that's otherwise it's going to look messy and it's going to look like you didn't quite prepare like you should have um yeah yeah yeah, perfect. Uh, th- those are great. That's great points of advice because I think a lot of times it's tempting for when when things aren't going swell and mm-hmm. things are you know challenging and it's it's hard uh, that the rebrand might be the first thing to to do, mm-hmm. and that can be really dangerous. And and it, I mean it's a risk no matter what essentially, mm-hmm. but uh, it has to be a measured risk and really yeah. understand the reason behind it because otherwise it it just causes more confusion yeah um you get let you get less buy-in than mm-hmm. you get more um and it has to be like a real clear purpose and then mm-hmm. everything has to be very clearly communicated across mm-hmm. uh like you said all collateral otherwise it's not a brand it's just kind of like ideas you know yeah um so that's that's those are great points of advice kind of getting back into community but at the same you know what i mean we that that's the magic of the show right it's like it's like we 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 go from community building to communication and um how those interact Mm -hmm. um so a little bit of a wrapping up uh before we edge out a community i have to ask the famous village question that mm-hmm. is on every uh, Strong Calm podcast uh, when I'm fortunate enough to have a guest. So the village question, Kayla, yeah. are you familiar with it? Yep. Okay, so you cheated. I prepared. You're right? Yeah. Oh, oh, I cheated. Oh, perfect. I cheated hard, yeah. <laughs> so uh, like it's a, it's a, not a secret, but it's a secret. Uh, the village question, for those that you, that don't know, the village question goes like this. It is pretend that you uh, are putting together a village. Um, you're going to start a village from scratch in the middle of somewhere. And uh, the only way you can get people into that village is through four signs facing four different directions, if you would fix that into your mind. And on those four signs, you can only put one value or principle that would uh, be outward facing, that would communicate the type of people that you want to live with in that village. Mm-hmm. So, Caitlin, what would you put on those four signs? Okay, I did. I cheated. I prepared for this because... No, that's great. Um, and I thought really hard about it because that's a really... That's a, a hard question, but also an easy question because I feel like we kind of make those decisions daily like mm-hmm. the people the company that you keep like you said i mean you kind of they're not visible but you put those signs up you know with non-verbal communication in general and just like how you carry yourself too so i kind i took a step back and was like this is a really this is a pretty solid question um okay so my first one is inclusion and i kind of toyed with what i would have like my first one to be and i guess i picked inclusion especially because I would want my village. I would like it to be an island. Can it be an island? Yes. Because, I mean, if you don't play along, you get voted off the island. You can't vote <laughs> someone out of village, really. But um, I would say inclusion just because um, it's really important to have. It's important to know and to, like, be friends with all different kinds of people. And I have my everyone has their own views about, like, the company they keep and, like, who they're accepting of or whatever but um I love all people and people are so cool and so different and strange and it's it's not you'd be taking something away from yourself if you're not investing in other people and like getting Mm -hmm. to know other people too so just like inclusion in general would be like my first one um and then empowerment is my second one I think that over the years I've realized how important it is for 
different people within like a company or a community, an organization, whatever it may be, to find their strengths and for the leadership structure to find those person's strengths um, and have them empower them to do that hard and like do what they can in that direction because that's what they're good at. And then there's other people that are good at the other things. So I guess like empowering people to do their thing Mm -hmm. is is a big deal. Love it. Um, Respect is a huge one. I think that um, a lot of times people forget to put respect first as far as other people are considered. I don't really believe in the whole, like, you have to earn respect before you get it. Like, everybody deserves respect right off the bat unless you prove that you do not deserve it, in which case, like, you have to wrong me pretty hard in order to, like, not deserve some respect from me, and I'm never even going to be, like, awful toward anybody. But even still, I think that respect is something that has to be remembered and has to be – it's just – appropriate for yeah. all, all the time. Um, and then service. Service, which is a very broad term, but I think that service to each other, to the community, to, you know, whatever God you're serving, I guess, like just service in general um, would be a big part of my my island or my village yeah. too. Um, because if everyone's serving and being empowered to do what they can do and we're including everybody i sound like such a hippie but i mean like i think that that would be the best mesh of things and that'd be a pretty happy little little island little island yeah Yeah. awesome love it those are those are fantastic i love this question it's so fun it's a fun one it's so fun yeah every time is absolutely different um i know you got to go uh we're running out a little time but uh, to get into company and we've definitely touched on a lot Mm -hmm. of stuff that builds uh other people and builds businesses and uh, everything but i do want to get your take on uh something that's somewhat controversial in East Texas, Tyler, Texas specifically, Mm -hmm. and that would be the 7-Eleven on Loop and Broadway. Breaking news. Yeah. So TGI Fridays is, so for those that are outside of our uh, local community, Tyler, 100,000 people in the, in the city, 200,000, you know, if you go out a few miles, um, the Loop and Broadway is a huge intersection um, for people navigating the city mm-hmm. and, and and that kind of stuff. And there was a Fridays there, went out of business, mm-hmm. you know, we washed our hands of that. And there was great anticipation for what business might come next. And Seven uh, Eleven, yeah, the gas station, <laughs> yeah, is is gonna be uh, is rumored to be there. I think it's like official though. Mm-hmm. Um, some people hate it. Some people are like, "What? I don't care." Um, well, how do you feel? It's so interesting to me um how controversial this is like why but yeah I mean no it may not be like the absolute best most amazing idea anyone ever had to slap a 7-eleven in the middle of like one of the busiest areas of town but also they're all about convenience like there are some people that love 7-Eleven. Like, they mm-hmm. are brand loyal to 7-Eleven. And they have right. a solid brand. Like, they're... Slurpees. They're, I mean... Big gulps. <laughs> they're pretty solid. Um, I don't really have a hard opinion on it, to yeah. be honest. I mean, um, it may be more convenient for some people because it is in a busy area. And, I mean, it's a gas station where it has a bunch of stuff that you need, too. So, like... Go get it. Like I don't. I yeah. think it'll be fine. Everything will be fine. Everything. Will That's be my fine. prediction. <laughs> Everybody will get over it, and it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I tend to agree. I think it's a. Uh, to me, the brand, the the brand, the marketer in me says Seven Eleven's like smart. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And for a gas station to have, like, what is another gas station that has a strong, beloved brand? Right. Bucky's. Yeah. Is really the only thing that I can really think of. Mm-hmm. Nobody really cares either way about anything else. Mm-hmm. But 7-Eleven has some sort of uh, mystique or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it gives me, like, it gives me the, like, I'm like, yeah, come on. Yeah. We need you here. It. You know? Yeah. Like, also, like, are there any other gas stations like anywhere near that little area right there? There's a few uh, down. It's a couple miles, but I mean, that's, you know, I the mean, nature of gas station. it's a solid spot for it. It's a solid spot for it to me. And as Tyler grows and you think about like traffic and transit in that place, mm-hmm. I don't want anybody going in there to camp out. Like I want people yeah. moving. You yeah. know what I mean? So I think of it in that way too, of like as Tyler grows, it's okay to have that place there because mm-hmm. it serves its own, you know, purpose mm-hmm. um, in a busy intersection. Yeah. A gas station belongs in busy intersections, yeah. right? And uh, so, like, as, as, as much as I believe in local business and the power of, like, local shops and yeah. things like that, like, I think that, you know, it's okay for a, a brand, you know, a, a bigger brand, a bigger corporation to, mm-hmm. to take foot because it showcases that we can keep these type of places yeah. in business. So mm-hmm. that's my, that's my uh, take right now. But I just think it's just a, a funny thing. That is funny. Like, yes, like, there's been a lot of talk about it. Of course. There's much more important things to talk about, guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there are bigger issues to advocate for, but all right, I'll go for it with the 7-Eleven. Right, right. <laughs> okay, Caitlin, thank you so much uh, for joining me today. Um, anything you want to, you know, send off uh, people with uh, before we close out? Um, support your downtown. Support your local downtown. Downtown Tyler has a lot of really fun and amazing changes that are going to be coming soon. Um, and if you follow our downtown Tyler like Facebook and if you pay attention to some of the stuff that's going on, um, it's going to be really exciting. So definitely like put your input in and because they're listening. And this, I mean, there's only a certain amount of time that that they, you know, listen and listen to the community about what we want and, um, and what we think. And yeah, there's a lot of really cool stuff going on. So pay attention. There is a lot of very cool stuff coming on, uh, going on for downtown Tyler. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good day. Y'all have a good day. Yeah. We're going to have a good day. (laughs) Thank you for, uh, for tuning in Facebook live audience. You guys rock. Talk to you soon. Like, share, subscribe.